Hornets lose a heartbreaker. We'll break down the last couple of plays. And Rod Boone of the Charlotte Observer joins us on the Locked On Hornets podcast. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free and available anywhere you get your podcast. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. With Prize Picks, first time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code LOCKED ON. Don't forget, again, to enter promo code LOCKED ON and sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100 on Prize Picks. Thanks for making this your first listen again. We're free and available anywhere you get your pods. I'm Walker Mail, WFNZ, Weston Walker from 12 to 3. And that is Doug Branson. You can find his work on every HornetsBoxscore.com. Hornets lose a heartbreaker last night, they lose to the Clippers. Kawhi Leonard hits a mid-range jumper right in the face of Jalen McDaniels, who was playing some good enough defense, man. I don't think anybody is looking at Jalen and saying if something was wrong with him, I don't, I, is there anything you had with Jalen or that? That's not the play, right, Doug? Like there's another play we need to break down here. No. Yeah. I mean, Kawhi's Kawhi. I mean, there's a, he's a former yeah. MVP. I mean, he, and he was so, doing things that you would expect Kawhi to do. The Hornets didn't have to be in a position such that Kawhi could do that. And that's the play I think we got to talk about, which is the offensive rebound that Paul George taps to Kawhi that tied right. the game that if the Hornets had secured that rebound, you know, then it's a whole different ball game. So two, we have Rod Boone of the Charlotte Observer joining us. He'll be joining us in the second and the third segment. So we're going to talk about the Hornets season in its entirety, plus maybe ask him about this play in particular, because what happened here, the one that really hurt the Charlotte Hornets, because Charlotte is up by two, and there's a missed shot from Marcus Morris missing a three-pointer. What happens on that is there are two plays, excuse me, there are two players that actually do something here, right? After the after there is a potential rebound to be had, Kawhi Leonard crashes the glass and Kelly Oubre misses a block out on Kawhi Leonard, mm -hmm. but the basketball doesn't go to Kawhi. Instead, it misses on the short side and Jalen McDaniels, he goes for the basketball. He pursues it and he does so with some kind of urgency. He goes for it with two hands, but he doesn't block out Paul George enough, who was also crashing on that side. And instead of grabbing the rebound himself, Paul George can only tap it to Kawhi Leonard, he does so. And as he's tapping it to Kawhi, Mason Plumley starts to leak out because he thinks Jalen McDaniels is going to grab that rebound. Kawhi is all alone on that tap from Paul George. Kawhi hits it, tie ball game. Eventually, Kawhi would hit the mid-range jumper and the Clippers would go on to win this game. Doug, what is your analysis on all of this play that allowed the Clippers to tie this ball game up? Someone on every hornetsboxscore.com asked me, you know, why why essentially why are the Hornets so great at offensive rebounding and and they can't seem to get a defensive rebound when it matters most? Cuz you look back, this has happened a couple of times. Defensive rebounding and then that second loss to Washington, it was a big factor in Washington getting back into that game even though the Hornets had a big lead in the fourth quarter. And then more notably, the Cleveland double overtime loss, they they win that thing in overtime if PJ is able to get a block out on Evan Mobley instead, Mobley gets the ball 
gives it to Darius Garland, three-pointer, ties it up. They win in, in double overtime. So two big games against really good competition that you lose, really three, that you lose because of rebounding. And why? It's because defensive rebounding is a team sport. It's all about getting a body on a body. Clifford said it after the game. You have to hit someone. Kelly Oubre did not hit Kawhi Leonard. And Jalen McDaniels, despite the effort, didn't hit a Paul George. I'm going to name one other player too, PJ Washington, who did a great job to contest the Morris three. He jumped all the way across the court because he was contesting another shot and then, cont- <laughs> and then made that guy pass yeah. to Morris and then contested the Morris shot. But then instead of stopping there and going back and trying to put a body on a body or go after the ball, instead he leaks up the court. He was at the half court line when Paul George makes that tap. There's no excuse for that. It's it's the end of the game. If you do that in the middle of the game, maybe there's an excuse for that. You're looking for a layup to try to move momentum, fine. But at the end of the game, when you need one play, one rebound, every single person has to be dedicated to getting that rebound. It was super disappointing to see. Not all on PJ. That was a team breakdown. But but absolutely, you know, leak outs are a problem. Clifford mentioned it after the game. Everybody has to be dedicated to the defensive boards because this team in general this season has not been very good at getting defensive rebounds. Yeah, and so Mason Plumley is the tallest guy on the court, which honestly might have been a problem put on Steve Clifford for deciding to put Mason Plumley on the court when the Clippers were going small. So when you look at Marcus Morris shooting that three, he's playing small ball five, and Mason doesn't feel comfortable going out there. But if you that that's the advantage, right? If you're going to go big in that scenario, then Mason has to be the person that punishes the small team to grab a rebound. Mm -hmm. And so Mason, because they're going small, doesn't account for anybody crashing because Kawhi Leonard's not his assignment. Paul George, who doesn't even go into the paint for that tap out, it's not his assignment. But Mason maybe just gets caught in no man's land, doesn't find anybody. The basketball doesn't come to him. So as soon as he thinks Jalen's going to grab it, Mason starts to leak out. Well, as he leaks out, that is when the space opens up for Kawhi to receive that basketball. If Mason stands there, Mason grabs the tap by Paul George, or Paul doesn't even attempt it in the first place, boom, game probably over. But Mason starts to leak. Kelly Oubre didn't pick up Kawhi, who was crashing hard, man. I mean, say what you want about Kawhi. Oh, he's lazy. Oh, he wants to sit out every single game. He's hurt all the time, yada, yada. Okay, in that possession, he was he was the one crashing and making a winning play that actually called for some effort in doing, quote, the little things. He and Paul George did. And so that's the maddening part. It's the Hornets just not rebounding as a team, and it's what's destroyed this squad. You can't go big and not reap the benefits of going big. The only one, the only benefit of going big in that scenario. Well, the maddening part is that they're giving effort everywhere else on the floor and they're down so many guys that you can see that they have to play perfect. Like they have to play all of these games perfect against Milwaukee. They couldn't even get back into that game uh, because they had, they have to play perfectly every single night. It's obviously taking a toll. And despite all of that, despite that one play, they are still playing with effort. And Steve Clifford did talk about that after the game. The effort is what's keeping us in games. I mean, our effort has been terrific. That's, Nobody could watch us play. Sometimes we don't look good because we struggle to score. Nobody could question how hard these guys are playing or they don't know basketball. That's crazy. I mean, the effort is the strength right now. What we have to do is get more physical. All right, thanks. <laughs> I love, uh, I love, I particularly love the end of that. All right, thanks.
you could it the, just really sums right, up done. thanks yeah it sums up how he feels all right thanks it sums up how we all feel i think all right thanks we're just despondent resigned this is all you know just the injuries piling up it has been it has been difficult to watch uh, the hornets yeah. season fall apart some of it of their own making i'm not going to blame steve clifford by the way for not going small cuz what are you going to do they have size everywhere even though they go small at the center position the clippers have size on the wings so you can't put like teo maladone out there who is actually a, a decent offensive rebounder for his position but not a great offensive rebounder over, i mean uh, a defensive rebounder overall and they don't if they, if you have LaMelo, you ha, you can go small because he's such a good rebounder at the guard position. But I just don't think they really have the personnel to go small at this point. And Nick Richards is not a great he, in fact he's I think he's a below average defensive rebounder for his position. So that that doesn't fix it either. It's just the guys they have out there got to they got to put a body on a body and recognize, "Hey, we have an opportunity here to steal one." They were four and a half point dogs the Hornets were. This would have yeah. been a steal. They couldn't get it. Yeah, the problem is, too, it's like, okay, who do you trust in that moment off of the bench? Your options are Kai Jones. Nobody. Nobody. You don't trust anybody. Teo Maladone and Bryce McGowans, who played well, and I do want to talk about that with Rod a little bit more um, coming up in just a moment. Go ahead. One more thing. One more thing, because you mentioned the bench there, and I think, look, we can talk about the offensive rebound. We can talk about Jalen McDaniels, who is a bench player who's who's playing a starting role, missing a wide-open corner three that would have done just as much to help close that game out as that defensive rebound would have. Uh, We can talk about the final sidelines out-of-bounds play that went absolutely nowhere. (laughs) The Hornets continue under Clifford to not do sloppy slobs. So we can talk about a lot of those things, but you got to talk about the bench, which every time in this game that the Hornets broke the lineup, the Clippers went on a 7-0 run. The bench, including Maladone, Richards, Kai Jones, who is completely faded. Uh, you know, he, he had such a, a good game against Minnesota, a good showing against Boston is completely faded at this point. Uh, Bryce McGowan's the lone bright spot, but like the bench has got to play better or the Hornets really are just going to have no shot in these games. And, you know, it's going to leave Clifford just saying this at the end. All right, so what did Rod Boone have to say about the end of this game? Coming up next on the Locked On Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. We'll ask Rod about the end of that game, plus just the overall chances this season can be salvaged with a play-in appearance and how much the Hornets actually believe they can do that. How much does Rod believe they can do that? We'll get to that and to him in just a moment. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Here's how it works. You can pick two to six players, and if they go score more or less than the Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. No competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. Prize Picks offers projections on any sport that you watch NBA, PGA, men's and women's college basketball, the WNBA, esports, NASCAR, cricket, Euro basketball, plenty of sports that you can find on Prize Picks. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. You have safe and fast withdrawals, and it's currently operational in over 30 states and even Canada. You can download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. If you deposit 100, Prize Picks gives you 100. If you deposit 50, Prize Picks gives you 50. You get the idea by now. Don't forget to enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Rod Boone of the Charlotte Observer joining us next, Locked On Hornets. 
Thanks for making Locked On Hornets your first listen today. Make your next listen. Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports. Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights. Only Locked On Sports today can provide. Let's now go to Rod Boone of the Charlotte Observer joining us. You can find him on Twitter at Rod Boone. Rod, thanks so much for the time, man. How are you? I'm doing great. How you guys doing today, man? We're doing well, Rod. Bryce McGowan's been getting some run here the last three games. I thought this weekend showed some promise. And then I believe in this game, he went three of five from the field. I think he's had two blocks over the last three games, and, and they've been some nice defensive plays. What have you made of the second rounder coming in and helping out the Charlotte Hornets this year? You know, I've been really impressed with him. You know, even from the day they drafted him, you can just tell something about him, even off the court, um, the way he carries himself. Like he seemed like he's just a nice young man who was raised the right way. And although we don't know people, obviously, um, we just kind of cover them and kind of see him as he kind of comes in. He, to me, uh, reminds me a lot of Cody Martin because he's, just, again, a second-round draft pick. He's a local guy, per se, you know, from the Carolinas. And he's a hard worker. And the people kind of really gravitated toward him just liking his work ethic. So I just like his athleticism. I like – um, just his mentality. And he has a lot of intangibles, man. He's long. Um, and you can see he could be a nice player for them. A couple times I've seen him go to the basket. He's attacked it with like with, with a vengeance, trying to dunk. You know, one time he got fouled. A couple times he got stuck on the rim trying to just get there. He couldn't make it. But I like his his just his overall game, man. So I think the Hornets have a find in him. And again, that's been one of the bright spots here lately is, you know, unfortunately with James Book Knight really not coming through. You know, Book has not really played the way um, you've thought to maybe in his second season. That's given opportunity for guys like Bryce McGowan to come in. He's taking advantage of it, as we can see so far. Rod, when he gets one of those dunks to go, I hope it's in front of a home crowd, and I hope I hope the fans show up because when he when he gets one of those to go, it's going to be absolutely explosive. Uh, I, I really feel like he he is someone that really has the potential to be a a fan favorite, and I tweeted this. Uh, during the game last night, like hop on the Bryce McGowan's bandwagon right now so that you can say you are Bryce Hipster because I just feel like he's on the ascension. I mean, the block that he had against Kawhi, Kawhi even kind of gave him a little like, hey, buddy, nice, <laughs> nice move there because I mean, the length that he has with his arms that he can get to it, the hops, it was just all there and, and making those defensive plays, I think, super important, right? For, for uh, getting more playing time. You know, under under Steve Clifford, who really values balance on both sides of the court, he wants you to do it offensively and defensively. I've just been I've been super impressed by Bryce McGowan's. What are you? Is he the most impressive young player you've seen this season, or or would you put a a Kai Jones or or maybe Nick Richards above him? Well, it's funny that you mentioned that. I mean, honestly, they've kind of all had their moments, right? I mean, he's had some moments recently. Kai Jones, you mentioned him, he's had some moments recently. Nick Richards, to me, has probably had the biggest step of them all because if you look at him and what he's done, um, there are times when he has decent games where you say, okay, he he didn't do anything special. It's a double-double. You know what I mean? How many times have you seen him get an offensive rebound and a putback um, with a missed shot where he's just right there at the right time getting it? putting back up, getting fouled or something like that. So to me, he's been the most impressive guy taking a leap. But um, if you ask about probably the biggest surprise to me, it's probably been, you know, Teo Maldon. I mean, Teo's coming in there. And although, um, again, it's been because circumstances with guys being injured, he's shown you that he's able to 
not only come in there and, and, and be a viable backup, but give you decent minutes, whereas at times the Hornets haven't had that from the backup point guard spot. So he's really probably a third-string point guard. Think about it. He's come through for them. So I like what they've all done individually. Um, but I think if, you, if you're right, if you want to talk about probably the biggest upside, um, we know Kai Jones has a monster upside because of just his um, jumping ability. But Bryce McGowan's man, can really be an all-around two-way player. And those kind of guys are kind of hard to find. Yeah, and because Bryce McGowan's is getting this opportunity, you mentioned it. Third-string point guard came on a two-way contract, and he's already outperformed every other two-way contract by far. And that includes everybody combined. But it's because guys like LaMelo Ball is out. And, Rod, I want to ask just, one, what's your feel about when LaMelo Ball could come back? And then if you, you know, understanding it's hard, What's it been like being around LaMelo during this injured time this season for the third-year star? Well, it's um, one of those things where, uh, to me, at any point, he can kind of come back. Like, there's no um, day I don't think they have picked in their brain. It's just kind of how he feels. And I think we saw the first time, um, and even going back to his rookie year, you know, when he, when he you know got injured and kind of came back early with the wrist thing, I mean, if you want to – even go back that far, I think as you get older, you kind of learn your body and say, even though I want to kind of come back earlier and play with my teammates and be out there with my boys, it's not smart for me long-term to risk it because the soreness and the pain that you don't maybe see him experience after the game kind of comes up, and that could be something that he's he's dealing with. So to me, at any point, he kind of can come back. But I think just being around him, um, when he's been injured, he definitely um, obviously is frustrated because you know he wants to be up there with his with his with his players and his his to call him his gang. But it's also has to be very smart. That's the the way the Hornets are right now because we've seen with their injuries, mm-hmm. guys just kind of come and kind of play and then kind of get re-injured. So they have to be smart about this. And although it stinks from a fan perspective because you pay your hard-earned cash and coins. You want to go out there and see um, the top player, the all-star, lead this team. But until he feels like he's really healthy and can take a tweak or two on that ankle without having to sit out for a game or two again, um, we're not going to see him. Well, and Rod, just real quickly to clarify, is is that kind of your understanding that a lot of this is kind of on LaMelo right now, just not feeling comfortable enough to go? And, you know, what's more so him maybe than the Hornets holding him out right now? Absolutely, because if you think about it last time, you know, when he came back um, in Miami, I, I was there and he literally said after the game that part of the reason he came back was because Dennis Smith Jr. was hurt. So if if yeah. he didn't come back maybe a couple of games till later on, then maybe he doesn't tweak the ankle again. So I think, again, you kind of learn your body and figure out that I'm going to come back when I'm ready. And the Hornets never pushed him to kind of come back. That was never something I actually did the last time. So I think with any player, especially with um, ankle injuries and stuff, that's soft tissue and you can't really tell um, without um, you know MRIs or whatever, it's up to him to tell you how he feels until he feels the way he wants to and knows he can go out there and maybe cut and move the way he wants to and is comfortable knowing if he falls down on the baseline, he's not going to hurt his ankle again. You're not going to see him. We're talking a little bit um, about the loss last night and especially breaking down the play. We we, we went down, you know, we went over the last two plays, really. Not so much the ISO, uh, Jalen McDaniels defense against Kawhi Leonard. 
but it was the offensive rebound that they were able to get with Paul George tapping the basketball over Jalen McDaniels to Kawhi Leonard when he was right there. You know, what did you see from that play? And, and what did Steve Clifford think really about the end of this game? What you saw was a team that didn't get the basketball, which has been one of their Achilles heels this year. Um, you know, they seem to not be able to find ways to get um, possessions to end when they have to, which is obviously the name of the game in basketball. We're trying to win these games. So it, it, for them to not be able to do it, it's something we pretty much seen from them all year. Steve Clifford after the game was pretty upset and just frustrated because he knows that it's happened to him a couple times. You see, he mentioned the Cleveland game. Just get, just get one or two more rebounds. You have a couple of more wins there. So he was really annoyed after the game and said, it starts with attitude. You know, you have to be able to go out there and want to be able to to do things and, and bind a little bit more. Until they do that, they won't win basketball games. Yeah, they haven't been doing a lot of winning lately, Rod. Um, but do they still feel like they have a chance to save this season? What's what's the mood around the locker room amongst the players? Is there because it looks like the efforts there? It looks like they're they're still playing with with a lot of intensity. Do they believe that they have a chance uh, to to still get into play in or playoff contention? They definitely still think that's the case. And Steve Clifford mentioned that almost every time I ask him um, about things in terms of the team's mood and where they're at. And he mentions how they're, you know, three and a half, um, you know, four games out of, you know, last playing spot. So they believe there's still plenty of time to kind of turn the ship around, per se. Um, you know, obviously they have a lot of injuries right now dealing with guys like Gordon Hayward being out, Melo being out, um, Cody Martin being out. So I think that they feel like when they maybe can get some of those guys back, they can get it going in the right direction. But uh, for those people on the outside think that the season is lost and they want to tank. That's not happening internally. The team still thinks they can win. They still believe they have a uh, good enough team to go out there and compete each night. And as you can see, they really do. They've been probably um, maybe a section of maybe three, four, or five games tops of the 24 they played so far. They've pretty much been in all of them, had a chance to win all of them. So they can just get their healthy bodies back. Maybe they'll be all right. Well, and when we talk about tanking, it ultimately comes down to them trading Gordon Hayward, trading Terry Rozier for assets, young reclamation projects, and really just draft picks, right? Like, does, does that mean that, that the chances are dwindling down that they would still trade a Terry Rozier, Gordon Hayward before the deadline? Or do you still think there's a real possibility after all the Hornets were very much so a part of all the trade rumors when we talk about Russell Westbrook, Miles Turner, and some of the other guys that might be available this offseason? Well, that's the thing. The Hornets, Hornets are always a part of rumors, it seems like, but they're never doing anything. So who, who are those rumors coming from? Um, mm -hmm. you got to sometimes look at those kind of situations and figure out when you hear their names involved in different trade scenarios and stuff, it's, it's, who's it coming from? And I'm pretty sure it's not coming from the Hornets side um, because it, a lot of those moves that people talk about don't make any sense. Where is Russell Westbrook going to play with this team? Terry Rozier just signed a contract. Um, this is the first year of a deal. Who's going to take on that contract? Like, essentially, these deals have to essentially be done um, knowing Mitch Kupchak. He doesn't do deals during the season on top of that. So I, I just feel like a lot. Of, it's going to take a lot, a lot of effort. A lot has to happen for him to kind of just break the whole thing down. On top of that, who's going to take Gordon Hayward's contract? Like, these scenarios people dream up sound good in theory, but to me, in rally, they really aren't based in very much.
It takes two to tango on the trade market. You got to, I mean, they've, they've had this, I think the organization has had this uh, problem going back to the Kimball Walker years uh, when, when they couldn't move anyone because no one wanted the assets that they had. Um, Let's, I want to go back to what's happening on the court right now. Uh, It's, it's obvious that the injuries are hurting the offense. The offensive production has gotten better over the past couple of games, but generally for the season has been down significantly. But what are what are some like sneaky ways that that relying on this young depth because of the injuries they've had to really dip into their depth with guys like McGowan's, uh, Kai Jones, Teo Malado, Nick Richards. How has that made life more difficult uh, on Steve Clifford having to go to that depth so much? Well, I think that's not what obviously he signed up for. Um, if, if people look at it, you know, one of the things that people, again, talk about um, this team and, and trying to build them up, um, Steve Clifford left Orlando because he didn't really want to be part of a rebuilding team. He said that a couple of times to us already, and I, I don't think that's anything that people um, shouldn't understand because with the team coming here as comprised the way it was, he thought with you know, LaMelo Ball and, and Terry Rozier and a couple maybe more moves they would make that they'd be able to kind of take that next step. But as we've seen so far, as you mentioned, because of the injuries, he's had to go to younger players. So in some regard, it's it's a good thing because people like Bryce McGowan's um, are getting really good, meaningful minutes that are going to help them out long-term. But at the end of the day, they're still playing a lot of their players way too many minutes. And that's an issue that could have long-term ramifications because if the minutes start piling up now and you're only in a quarter past the season, yeah, when you get your healthy bodies back, um, it's going to help your depth. But the guys who are playing all these minutes could be worn down a little earlier than they should be. So while it could be a good thing to have some guys, again, going out there and getting some, some quality playing time, um, Kai Jones, you, you know, he's, his development obviously has been good for them. But at the end of the day, um, it still comes down to – your main players, and until those guys come back, you know, his team won't be the way it's supposed to be um, going forward. Rod, you're you're an NBA vet. Um, what you're, an NBA, you're covering the NBA vet? Um, is this the most injured team you've ever covered? Like, is this does this one take the cake? Because I mean, they've got four. It seems like they've got four or five guys, four major rotation pieces out right now. But they've had three or four of those major rotation pieces out for a majority of the season so far. Is this the most injury struck team you've ever covered? It's really close, man. I mean, I, I covered the Brooklyn Nets when they had Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce and those guys and Darren Williams. So it seemed like they were always banged up um, themselves a little bit there going back to, you know, 2012, 2013. But it, recently, in recent memory, it's not even close because it's, it's one thing to, you know, have guys injured. You know, they've had Gordon Haywood the last couple of years. He's been banged up. Um, but it seems like they've been just snake bitten by injuries a lot this season. And um, it's been unfortunate because it's derailed them from the beginning of the season. It's one thing if this stuff happens in, you know, game 36 or, you know, game 52 or later on in the year, you kind of have an identity. They have no identity because they haven't had their team since the beginning of training camp going back to Cody Martin not being available. So it's one of those things where – the Hornets, um, again, despite all this, they're still kind of like in the mix per se, which is kind of weird to say that. But um, it's been a long year for sure for these guys already right now, man. They got to find a way to get healthy because if they can't, the team start getting, they'll start getting worn down a lot faster than they really realize and hope to.
You mentioned that you covered the Brooklyn Nets. You mentioned that Kevin Garnett was on that team. So I have to ask you, Rod, do you have one of the famous KG stories covering him? Did he clap back at you one time for something you wrote or asked? Or was I just need something about KG if you have it based on your time covering him in Brooklyn? Well, it's funny you mentioned that, Walker, because, uh, you know, um, sometimes with these uh, social media memories that pop up, um, you kind of get a chance to kind of see different things. So a few weeks back in uh, like late September, October, some popped up in my Instagram feed where um, at media day one year I had on like some, um, he called them wallabies. Basically they were like some, some old school Clarks. <laughs> uh, and he was like, Hey man, I see you with the Wu-Tang, you know, rocking the wallabies. I see you. So it kind of just kind of funny to see him. Um, it was the clip from the Brooklyn Nets, actually social media um, real kind of talking to him, uh, talking about him talking to me just asking him questions. So uh, he was really kind of cool to the cover, man. And there was one more. I remember um, the first game back in Boston, um, you know, we were around, um, you know, just the visiting coach and just trying to talk to him. I remember just being in the scrum and just all of a sudden somebody passed me in the butt and I look around, it's Kevin Garnett walking into the locker room, just kind of just being happy, kind of being his, his old environment, man. So it was, it was great covering that guy, man. People see maybe the army part of Kev, Kevin Garnett, um, but he was really – a great person to cover and get some insight from. Oh, man, I, I could hear KG stories every single day of my life and be a happy man. Love Kevin Garnett. That'll do it. That's Rod Boone from the Charlotte Observer being very gracious with his time hopping on with us here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Catch his work on the Charlotte Observer. You can catch the website there. Also, just follow his work on his Twitter handle at Rod Boone. Rod, always appreciate the time, man. It was fun. Hey, anytime. Thanks for guys having me. I appreciate it. Rod Boone of the Charlotte Observer once again hopping on with us here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Cast. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free and available anywhere you get your pods. Make your second listen locked on sports today. Have a great rest of your day. We'll be back with you tomorrow.